Hi guys, um, welcome to another edition of uh, Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to talk to different people uh, with interesting backgrounds and just get into find out a bit about other cultures. Uh, my name is Nosayari, and uh, today I have yet another guest uh, recording here on the campus of American University as usual uh, in the library again. And today I have Khalees. Yes. Khalees Porter. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Khalees is a senior, oh, oh, junior. junior, sorry. No, it's okay, don't worry. Khalees is a junior here at AU, and she is from the U.S. Virgin Islands, so we're going to be talking to her about her experiences uh, growing up in the U.S. Virgin Islands, how she came to the U.S., and a bunch of other stuff. So welcome to the podcast, Khalees. Thank you. So um, you grew up in the Virgin Islands, right? Mm-hmm. Before we dive into that, how, do you have any plans for Cinco de Mayo? What's going on? This weekend, next week. No. No? <laughs> I've never celebrated Cinco de Mayo. I don't... I know, but I, I'm i I'm saying that not necessarily because of your background, but... Um, no, no, no. I just... I shouldn't drink. I... Okay. Drunk me is not somebody anyone should meet. <laughs> really? What, what What's the drunk Elise like? <laughs> Loud and okay. honest. Like, really honest. That's not so bad. Yeah, but like it's like honest about stuff nobody asked me. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm just telling my business. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. I guess <laughs> now, I guess somebody. now, then I probably want to be drunk at least once. No one does. No one does, right? I like walk up to somebody and be like, "You're cute. Would you like to make out with me?" Because consent, like, like that's the type oh. of shit I do when I'm drunk. Okay, okay. <laughs> Better go out with your friends then. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep you in check. They've had to. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've done when you were drunk? The craziest thing I've ever done or said. Either. <laughs> Whatever you feel comfortable sharing. I think the craziest thing I've ever said is I was talking to this girl that I really like. Mm-hmm. And we were kissing. And I stopped kissing. And I said, I'm not having sex with you. And she said, what? why? And I'm like, <laughs> A, I'm drunk. Drunk people can't consent. Wait, you guys just met that day? No, we didn't oh. just meet. But oh. like, I said, I'm drunk. Drunk people can't consent. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I said, B, HIV. I'm not saying that you have it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I don't know. Gotcha. I'm saying I don't know if you have any STIs. And no shame if you do. But I'm going to need you to get tested gotcha. before I have sex with you. And then I and was, you said all this while you were drunk. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then number three, I said, wait, see, I said, my vagina is the spirit world. Only the avatar, master of all four elements. What? So wait, 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 wait. Earth? Wind, fire, fire, and air. Wait, I can understand air and fire, but earth? Look. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Did you did she still talk to you after that? She did. I was shocked. Oh, really? Okay. I was shocked. She must, I wouldn't she must, have talked to me. She must like you too. <laughs> I would not have talked to me after. <laughs> oh wow, that that's a an interesting story. Great way to start the podcast, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's just take it back a notch. Um, no problem. Yeah, talk about the U.S. Virgin Islands. How was it like? Like growing up there and i try to read up a little bit about the u.s virgin islands uh, mm-hmm. i don't know if it's like similar to most of the tourist islands in um like caribbean how was it like like just growing up 
It's semi-similar, but the thing is, what people don't know about a lot of tourist islands is that front is put up for tourists. Like, Mm. you're not seeing the real parts of the island. Chances are there's just a small area Mm. that is for tourists, and that's where you're going. Mm. You're not seeing anything culturally significant, and chances are what's actually there Mm. is going to be, like, far off the little resorts or far off from where the cruise ships are. Like, we actually laugh. Like, I'll see tourists, and, like, they'll be dancing. Like, oh, this is so authentic. I have, like, this authentic bracelet. I'm like, that was made in China. (laughs) (laughs) That was made in China. (laughs) Typical. (laughs) And they're so excited. And I'm like, I I can't tell you that. Like, I feel bad. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. So the experience uh, for tourists is not necessarily authentic. And it's far from the reality of the indigents of that particular Uh, That's one thing I will say. I think when they come during carnival, Mm -hmm. it's a little different. It's a little bit different because you'll see like different parades, different cultural festivals. And carnival is a thing that happens like every year? Every single year. Gotcha. I was never allowed to celebrate carnival growing up, actually. Really? Because I am a Christian. And so um, my father was like carnival just celebrates a lot of things of the flesh Mm. which include like dancing sexualization drinking smoking and obviously like that's not the only part of carnival yeah there's also like there's music there's boat shows there's costumes there's parades like going down the street Mm -hmm. so he always told me that i couldn't go because it wasn't of god gotcha and And is he like a regular Christian or is like a pastor or something? No, he's a regular Christian. <laughs> gotcha. But I was never allowed to do it. But my grandmother kind of fought with him on it. She's like, okay, wow. maybe religiously it doesn't align, but it is also part of her culture and she needs to experience it. So oh, granny. Yeah. Oh, she was pissed. She was not. She said, my granddaughter is going to celebrate carnival. You do not get to decide whether she celebrates carnival. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> did, so, did she deny him most of the those privileges growing up, or she? Well, allowed... this is my mother's. Um, oh, okay. Mother. My mother's mother. Um, gotcha. My dad's family is from New York. Mm. So my dad, when he met my mother, he um, he moved down, and we all were raised where my mother's from. Gotcha. And the U.S. Virgin Islands, it's like kind of like Puerto Rico, right? Like an extension of the U.S. Am I correct? It is a U.S. territory, yeah. It's a U.S. territory, yeah. And you spend dollars over there? Mm-hmm. But still, it's still a different reality, all the same, even though... It's uh, still a different reality. It definitely is. But is it easy to move between the U.S. Virgin Islands and the U.S.? Um, do you still require yeah. a visa? or you No, can just... I don't need a visa. I don't need, like... I don't need to change citizenship. The only thing I will say is if I want to vote in the U.S., what I had to do was change my residency. And oh, wait, wait, wait. You can vote as a citizen of the U.S. Virgin Island in U.S. elections? You can only vote if you change your residency. Right, okay, gotcha. So that pissed my grandmother off when I changed my residency, but it was the election with Trump, so mm. we needed all the Hillary votes we could get. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> And so my family had me change over my residency and say I was a resident of Virginia mm. so I could vote in Virginia. But now... Do you need family in Virginia to do that or you just like pick a state? 
Um, no, I have family in Virginia. Gotcha. So my aunt took me to like go get it done. I got a Virginia's driver's license. Okay. And I declared my address. That's her address. So that's what I had to do. But now I can't vote when I go home. In the um, I can't vote for um governor. Is it just voting? Can you still like run, own property, do all that stuff? Back I can home? still own property and stuff back there. Okay. Like nobody can, nobody can really stop me. Stop you. Gotcha. Cool. And uh, just a, a segue uh, to how we met. Uh, I, I don't know if you can remember this, but I think it was sometime last year. Uh, we met, or I saw you for the first time at the yeah. American University African Student Association pageants. Yes. Yeah, I was in the crowd. You were a contestant. Yes. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, what moved me? Because there were a bunch of contestants. Uh, uh, but what moved me was your speech about Afrofuturism, which was like the theme of the events. And, you know, mm-hmm. this connection between the islands and back home and things like that. You represented Mali in that in that event so mm-hmm. two questions tell me did your dad know you were contesting in the beauty pageant <laughs> <laughs> first question my dad was like why are you in a beauty pageant <laughs> like that was his first question he said what are you doing in a beauty pageant mm-hmm. his second thing was you can't dance <laughs> and i was like i don't have to dance leave me alone wait you can't dance i can't dance really i should be able to like but you sing right i sing yeah okay but so you sing so you can dance I can't dance. Something about my body. I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm rhythmically challenged. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, you, you can do the sit-down dance at least while you sit on a chair. I don't think where I like uh-huh. sit and dance. Like, you, I'll do that. the upper part of your body <laughs> kind of thing. But I have like no rhythm. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that is not common in St. Tomian women. So. Really? Yeah. No. Caribbean women in general, we can dance. We dance our asses off. Not me, but the other ones. But the other ones. So, quick question. How much of not going to the carnival affected your dad's life? Um, well, my dad actually used to go to, like, the little parades when he first came down. Mm. And it was when he had us that he was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want them doing that. Oh, so it was more like a protective... It was more protective. And it was more, like, as he got more involved in his faith, he just didn't really want us involved in certain things and he didn't like the influences of what was happening it's also kind of dangerous Mm. on some nights to go out because again like people are drinking sometimes like there's violence Mm. I know like a lot of the years I was a kid like every year somebody got shot like it was just well known that somebody was going to die every time it came around it was just because everybody is so inebriated but it's like a minority of people it's not that's not what carnival is about. Gotcha. It's a gotcha. couple of people messing it up for everyone else. Yeah, I mean, as I grew up, I, I start to think about things like that. I, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but, you know, <laughs> there's this dilemma. And, you know, my mom told me something you know, many years ago that when you have kids, you understand. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like there's a balance between, you know, making your kids experiencing things for themselves and also protecting them. So mm-hmm. if you shield them too much, then they don't know what's going on out there in the real world. But if you you know put them out there too much, then it's kind of so I don't know what the solution is. But hey, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I was later. definitely sheltered growing up. And it wasn't until like I got older and came to college. I'm like, people are fucking evil. Oh, my gosh. Right? <laughs> I thought that. <laughs> Everybody was just going to be nice and loving. And obviously, like, you do meet a lot of people that are nice and loving. But then there are some people that will just 
want to take advantage of you. I want to take advantage of you. And I don't understand that. And like, I, when my nephew was born, I'm really protective over my nephew. He's going to be two soon. Nice. Yeah, I love him, but I get so irritated. Like, when I think about anybody taking advantage of him potentially, I'm like, I will go down to that preschool and I will beat somebody's ass. What? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will not hurt a child. Gotcha. Did you have. Um, cases of challenges like bullying and stuff growing up in the Virgin Islands? Oh, yeah. It was, okay, I used to be a little bigger than I am now. Mm -hmm. And I remember kids were so fucking mean. And they used to, like, say, like, you're fat, you're ugly. I had really bad acne. Well, not acne. I had scars all over my face. I was bullied really bad from, like, seven to about ninth grade and it was usually from boys I remember there was actually one instance where there was this boy that had asked me out and I had said I don't I don't think I gave him an answer yet and he said well I guess there were rumors like around the school they're like oh yeah she said no haha and they were like laughing at him and so he told everybody like oh I wouldn't want to go with that fat slut anyway and I'm like what grade was this I was 13 so it was eighth grade and Like, from that day on, like, he just would harass the shit out of me, like, every day for, like, the rest of, like, for the rest of that year. And I find it funny now because he's actually one of my close friends. Really? (laughs) He is a very close friend of mine. I love him. I love his girlfriend. I'm like, I'll tell him, like, you were such a dick when you were a kid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and this is another thing, right? Growing up, boys are not really in touch with their emotions Mm because... The society doesn't support, absolutely, really support boys being in touch with their emotions. That's why Drake was such a, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> was such a surprise coming up when he came up, right? Um, yeah, the society is always like, you have to be a man, you have to be protective. So mm-hmm. when we don't know how to deal with things, uh, we probably lash out in a different way. And maybe that has something yeah. to do with that. And, uh, but it's good to know that you guys are friends now. And, yeah, no, we're friends. And, like, I love his girlfriend. She is such a sweetheart. She actually, like, messaged me the other day. She's like, I miss you. When are you coming back? Nice. <laughs> oh, he's still on the islands. Yeah, he's still there. How often do you go there. back? I go back for every break except spring break. Gotcha. What do you do during spring break? I stay here and I sleep a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Gotcha. That's really all I do. Gotcha. I mean, so some people go to uh, Mexico and go, go places. And... I think this stuff is just too wild for me. I'm just so scared of like, I just hear a whole bunch of spring break stories. Gotcha. I don't want anything happening to me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, maybe maybe dad's shelter worked after all. <laughs> gotta be safe. I gotta be safe. Like. That's good. It worked. I definitely had like my wild period. And then I realized I'm like, oh, dad is right. Okay. Another question going back to the pageant. Um, mm-hmm. So, you, you, and I can't remember the speech like word for word, but I can remember how it made people feel. You talked about being black and how empowering that was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people say we're all connected, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. transatlantic trade kind of like scattered the black population away from Africa to exactly. different places. But when did you have that connection with black consciousness? Was it something like your dad being was part of or your, or your mom or you experienced it in some shape or form? Like when did you start developing that consciousness? You know, I developed it. I think it was always around. 
as I was a kid, like my dad would always just introduce me to like a lot of stateside black music with like those messages of consciousness and empowerment. And I was, I always rejected it growing up. I was always like, dad, I don't want that music. I want Taylor Swift. I want to listen to Taylor Swift. I want my hair straight. A lot of my friends were white and I just didn't associate with the black community because to me, being black was, I felt like I had to be great in spite of being black and not because I was black. Mm. Like I thought, okay, you're black. Like you have to be pretty. You have to be pretty because no one's going to want you anyway. Or I was like, you have to be smart. Like you can't be one of those ignorant black people that everybody thinks that you are. And it's like, I think I internalized a lot of that, a lot of stereotypes about black people. And I was like, no, I'm not like those black people I'm like the sophisticated black people and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that I was completely fucking brainwashed mm. and that black people are amazing they're smart like there are black people just doing amazing things that nobody talks about and I'm realizing that a lot of stereotypes about the black community like they're shared and they're enforced on young black people to the point where they don't understand the lineage of just power and intelligence that they come from. Exactly. And it's hard. And I remember like one of the first classes I took at AU was African American Performing Arts. I'm actually the TA for it now. African American Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I fell in love with it. It was the first time I had ever I had ever discussed black people in the academic field. It was the first time like I had ever heard theories that black people had created or that had been nationally discussed. Mm. I saw like different movements. I saw that like we had an actual history and that meant everything to me. I grew up I grew up with white history. I grew up I didn't I don't even know BI history. <laughs> I never took BI history and like people who went to like the public schools back home, they would be like, what? You never took BI history? I'm like, I no idea. <laughs> I was only ever taught US and um, European history. And so when I finally got in touch with all of that and saw the power that I was connected to, I became super proud, super quick. And I came home and my dad's like, you were in college for one semester and now you wear your hair wrapped, huh? And I'm like, stop. <laughs> I actually picked up African-American studies as my minor because oh, wow. I, I love it. And what's your major? My major is public health. Public health with yeah. African-American studies as your minor. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do? Uh, like what do you see yourself doing uh, sometime in the future? Well, I'm going to be doing epidemiology and okay. looking at infectious disease control. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. How, how did you de- develop an interest in epidemiology? Well, I originally came to school studying neuroscience. And I realized, I'm like, okay, I love all of the subjects when we're talking about disease. When we're in science and we're talking about disease, I'm like, yes, I'm interested. I care what's happening. And then they go to plants, and I'm like, I do not give a fuck about photosynthesis. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, do I really want to study neuroscience? Like, I hate all these classes when they're not talking about diseases. Mm. And I'm like, I wish there was a job where you could specifically study diseases. And I'm also not very good at math. Like, I'm weirdly good at disease science, but I'm not good at math. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't be a doctor. But then when I... um found out about epidemiology, I didn't know that it was a thing. I'm like, I can actually 
take science where I'm focused specifically on disease. I don't have to learn about photosynthesis. And I was so excited. I'm kind of tying this back to your earlier conversation, drunk Khalees with the HIV statement. I'm like, oh my god, no. <laughs> talks about public health. I'm like, oh, there seems to be some connection there, because even when <laughs> she's Drunk- inebriated, right? There's... When I'm inebriated, first of all, I talk about consent very often when I am inebriated. Gotcha. And I will be like, just so you know, I am drunk. We cannot have intercourse because I cannot consent. I cannot legally consent. Right. <laughs> People will look at me like, oh. And I'm like, well, in case you didn't know, now you... Now you know. Um, take this with any other woman you see tonight. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? I, I let me just kind of put the story out there on why I invited you on the podcast, right? No problem. So we we had I had seen you at the pageant uh, that was like a couple of months ago. I was like, okay, cool. Everyone went about their daily lives, <laughs> and one day I was on a shuttle on campus, and there was this lady sitting next to me, Khalees, like talking with a friend. <laughs> Um, what's your friend's name? Melanie. Melanie, and she was talking about all this stuff about like consent and like I was like, uh, <laughs> do you want to come on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it seems to be something you're really passionate about, and I'm really, you know, um, happy to see that the mentality of men, especially, uh, are starting to shift. Uh, I am glad about that. Yeah, because unfortunately, um, women haven't been treated in the fairest of ways over decades, centuries even. And uh, for surely, um, it is starting to shift. Kind of like bringing it a bit personal now. And feel free to answer or not answer this question. Has there been any incidents that made you like be really like self-aware of that particular topic, uh, you know, that can maybe at a party or something? Um, well, first of all, I just want to issue like a trigger warning to mm. anybody listening because like some tough themes are about to be discussed. So if you don't feel like you can listen to something like this, like it's perfectly okay if you want to like sign off. Don't worry about it. I'm not hurt. Like you need to take care of yourself. But um, I actually did have a couple incidents growing up. I was assaulted a couple of times growing up by other boys my age, like boys my age. And then like when I got older, but they were very, I don't want to say minor, like I don't think there's such thing as a minor assault, but it was nothing particularly traumatic. It was just something that I noticed like, wow, like that happened. There was no repercussion. Nothing happened to them. I remember like there was an incident with this boy who it was like months and he would just keep touching like he would like come up to me and he would like just rub on me and like rub my ass, rub all up my hips and everything. And I would keep telling him to stop, but like he wouldn't. And when he would do it, I would just freeze up until he stopped. And I eventually told the um, school and they were like, oh, well, there's no need to call the police. And I was like, I never said anything about the police. How old were you? How old was I? I had to have been about 16. And the boy was 17. He was, the reason it went on for so long is because he actually, he was disabled. So I thought that maybe there was some misunderstanding, but it was later explained to me that he was not disabled to the point where he could not understand that. Mm. It was mainly his motor skills and things like that that were damaged. So he absolutely knew what was happening. And he kind of used the fact that I thought that there was something wrong that to keep doing it. 
And it wasn't like a problem until like one of my male friends had asked him to like stop. And he said like, that's my girlfriend. I could do whatever the fuck I want to her. And then I'm like, hey, that's not how girlfriends work. (laughs) B, I am not your girlfriend. And I actually... Even if you were, you cannot do whatever you you want to another human being. And he actually wouldn't leave me alone until they said, like, she has a boyfriend in another school and he's going to kick your ass if you don't leave her alone. And I'm like, I hate that that... That the fact that I had just asked you to stop wasn't enough. Mm. That I had asked you multiple times wasn't enough. The fact that I had to have one of my friends, like, go up to you. And that still didn't deter you until you thought I had some big-ass boyfriend at another school who was going to kick your ass. Yeah. Like... It should not have gotten that far. And I remember, okay, this might have been wrong on my part, but like he was in front of his class had just gotten out. And I had said, I'm sorry, do you not know what the fuck a lesbian is? And he's like, um, I do. I'm like, okay, so rule number one, never fucking touch me again. And I was like, rule number two, do not spread any rumors that I am your girlfriend. You're aware that I'm not your girlfriend, right? And he's like, I am. And I'm like, good. Now don't let me hear shit like that come out of your mouth again. And like a couple of my friends were like, yo, I didn't have to embarrass him in front of, I didn't have to embarrass him in front of other people, but I was so heated. I was like, yo, this is not a conversation that can like, wait, I wasn't even thinking about the people behind him. I was just like, stay the fuck away from me. Mm. And that was what did it. And it wasn't until I like told the school that like it became a thing where they're like, oh, oh, we don't condone this. Oh my gosh, how could this happen? I'm like, it's been happening for months. It was well known across like my different friend groups and stuff. Like everybody knew what he was doing. And I remember keeping questions like, well, did you ask him to stop? And I'm like, yes. And they were like, well, did you remind him to stop? I'm like, I have to remind you. And that's like a thing. I think feminism isn't necessarily where it needs to be. Sometimes when I go back home, like there will be instances where like I'm walking down the street and like men can like call me like a dog. Like they'll go and they'll like go miss, miss. And like you can't keep walking. Like they'll start like yelling at you if you keep walking or like they'll follow you. And it's like this is on the island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, that happens everywhere, but it's, like, it's viewed as persistence, and it's not persistent, it's scary. And it happened to me, it happened to pretty much any girl. And a lot of the time, it is, like, older men. It can be high school boys, it can be older men. It's just, it's scary. It's really scary, and I've dealt with it for a long time. My sister has had it happen to her. I think every girl on the island has had it happen to them. And they don't know how to handle it. Same thing with, like, touching. I have definitely had people, like, kind of, like, I'm at a party or something. And they, like, feel like they can just touch me. I'm like, no. Like, you can't. Or, like, they'll keep touching me. Keep coming. I'm like, do not touch me. And it doesn't really matter what you say until you have a man present to Mm. tell them, get away from her. I mean, I'm I'm sorry you had to go through all that. Um, And... It's 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 crazy because I, I have three younger sisters myself, uh, ranging from age ages sixteen to twenty one, and I actually had to shop for like I need I need to shop for like pepper spray and tasers for mm-hmm. them because I'm like look I'm not at home right now so they leave back home in Nigeria and I'm like you guys you know are getting older you know you're going now that's cool but you know you need to understand that there are really sick people out there in the world and you know you have to be able to to some extent, um, try to 
situation and prevent you know some certain things to happen so and like you said you don't know what to do so i try to tell them to at least try to protect themselves and you know go out in groups go out mm-hmm. with friends and everything and perfect solution would be a shift in mentality of the society and of men mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen overnight and still to your point like there are still elements that no matter how good the society is there'll still be some people that are just messed up not always going to be messed up so that's crazy you get to like different parts of the world and it's more socially accepted like i would tell people this stuff from the states they're like what how are they able to do that i'm like oh they can do it every day like (laughs) they don't care Care. nothing is going to happen to them they're like and you didn't. So it's you didn't more like the sexual norm harassment. Over there. It's very normal. Yeah. Like you grow up knowing that it's normal. Once yeah. you hit about twelve, mm-hmm. you know that it's gonna start happening. And like I've even like heard of saying anything over twelve is lunch. Which what? Yeah. That's a thing. Apparently, like I've heard that, and I've been like, um, that's a baby. Let me also like just touch on this a little bit. So you are gay, right? Yes. And. Not only do you not like are attracted to men, but men who see you on the street think that oh she's a woman, yeah. she must be like attracted to men. Oh yeah. So is that an extra challenge like being gay and being in the Virgin Islands? Because uh, I heard like in some of the islands it can be really it dangerous being gay. Basically, it is not very accepted but i am grateful for the island that i live on because i know that there are other islands where it's completely unacceptable and they go to larger measures to prevent people from living the way that they were meant to live like i know in jamaica like they have instances of um corrective rape is what it's called and they have it what's corrective rape it's something that i don't think is talked about a lot i've done a project on it i think i may actually do my capstone on it so anyone listening this is my fucking capstone but it's instant it's instances of um people trying to rape homosexual people in hopes that they can straighten them out or remind them homosexual people trans people they say it'll remind you that you're a woman it'll remind you that this is what you're supposed to have. Wow. And it's not uncommon in parts of South Africa, India, Jamaica. There's murder of homosexual women. I mean, Jamaica especially. I've heard, like, horror stories about Jamaica. and uh, It's scary. I think the society also, like, because when a child grows up, right, he doesn't necessarily know, like, he tends to emulate, like, what's out there in the society. Like, even me personally, like... I grew up in Nigeria and, you know, being gay was kind of like frowned upon. And I can remember like looking back, I actually had to like reach out to uh, a colleague of mine or a friend of mine who I had known for like 12 years. And I just had to apologize. Hey, you know, when we're teenagers, you know, I know like I was like one of those people like kind of like making fun and things like that. But just growing up, you know, you get to realize certain things and you get to realize because me personally, I also have some behavioral tendencies that are not like considered normal um, not regarding sexuality, but I know what it feels to like be out of the box, mm-hmm. you know. So and sometimes you don't get to choose how you feel or who you like yep, and things definitely. like that. And it shouldn't be illegal. It shouldn't be treated as a criminal just because of certain preferences, you know. And I just it's 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 just something that the world has to learn. I mean, I was like that until I got older and realized really? I'm like something's different. I was. 
when I was younger, I'm like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. And then puberty, and I was like, is it that weird? <laughs> like, it's kind of nice. <laughs> and then I've just had so much turmoil over it. I'm like, nope, this can't happen. I'm going to hell. Like, <laughs> I can't do this. And as I got older, it kind of changed. And I do still think about it sometimes. Like, I definitely get scared. I think like, oh, what if I go to hell? Oh my gosh, like what if this is wrong? What if I shouldn't be doing this? But I know in my heart that it's not something that you can really change. It's just not something you can change. And when I was back home, I remember there was a lot of instances where people just didn't like it. For the most part, I want to say, I think I was almost lucky to get off the way that I did. Like, yeah, like you got little comments or you got like people saying certain things to you or like touching you in a certain way because like they don't believe you're gay. You're not really gay. I've heard rumors about myself sleeping with different boys that I don't, (laughs) I don't know that I've never slept with. So there's like, there's that. I will hear rumors about myself. I will hear about boys who have gotten my number or who have talked to me whose names I don't know. And it's difficult, but I know that because I'm gay, like, they want the clout. (laughs) They want the clout of having been with a homosexual woman. Even, like, if I'm on the street and I say, like, no, thank you, I'm gay, like, they will keep talking to you. Like, that doesn't matter to them. Have you, like, confided in your parents about this? Um, Oh, they know. Okay, they know? They aren't happy, but they know. (laughs) Okay, how awkward was that conversation with your dad and maybe other members of your family? I actually didn't have the conversation. I was outed. Wow. I was outed. So you were even given the chance to, like, on your I own terms? I didn't get to talk about it. It was awful. How? How did they find out? Who found out? You see, I still don't motherfucking know. Like, okay, I have an idea. Okay. All my aunts tell me, like, it's one specific member of the family, but she denies it, but all of them said it's her. <laughs> So I think it's her and like she just won't admit it to me. But I don't know. I've learned to forgive that, I think, because she actually is gay now, too. Wow. And has a whole girlfriend. And I was like, how old is she? We're the same age. Okay. We're the same age. And so I was like, it's like, oh, so this is what we're doing. Gotcha. And I think like there was just there was a lot of internalized fear for her. And I really can't blame you for something you did as a kid. Like, we had a conversation, I think, actually, like, this summer where she was like, look, I never should have treated you the way I treated you growing up. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> She's like, um, yeah, you didn't deserve any of that. And I know that you think that I added you to your family. Like, I know that's what you keep hearing. She's like, but I didn't. And I'm like, okay, but all my family members keep saying that. So I really have a lot of confusion about that but I told her I'm like whether you did or you didn't you sitting here and apologizing to me that is all I've ever wanted you to do because she's not a bad person she treats me very well now we are actually friends how did your parents like confront you with the information was was it like a family meeting or oh my god they took away my phone they took I couldn't be on the internet like look through my they looked through my books like it was just i felt like I was under surveillance like my texts were being monitored I felt like I was under complete surveillance and just arguments just tension with my parents one thing I will say is my parents are some of the most loving human beings on the planet Mm. 
I absolutely love the hell of my parents and they're amazing parents. And like some people hear that story and they're like, oh my gosh, that's awful. How did you deal with that? I'm like, you've got to understand where I'm from. That's just, yeah. it's not the same. There's not the same level of acceptability. And my parents are pretty hardcore Christians. Yeah, that too. Like the religious aspect is is one thing. The societal aspect is another. And uh, I, I can imagine like what you went through. Um, and it's like now, like obviously they just kind of don't talk about it. They kind of just don't talk about it or like don't really mention it. I'll get a little side comment from my mom every now and then. But for the most part, like now that I'm grown, they're kind of like, we really can't do anything. <laughs> But hey, um, the good thing is, you know, you're still communicating with them. You know, they still love you as your daughter. And I'm grateful for that. And they have never made me feel like I was not their daughter. I have never been disowned. They may have not dealt with it perfectly, but they could have dealt with it a lot worse. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Um, I'm really not used to having such deep (laughs) conversations. So forgive any awkwardness. I'm really open. I'm too open. Yeah. So you can imagine drunk me. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Khalees, thank you so much um, for, you know, um, being willing to be open um, some aspects of your life. Uh, I really appreciate it. That's you the know, only way people can relate yeah, to their own is yeah. if we talk about it and get it out in the open. Like, I don't think there should be any stigma around your experience. Yeah. It's your experience that people may experience similar things. Yeah, communication is definitely key. And that's something I personally am even starting to learn that, hey, you know, you can always like talk about things and there's always something to learn. And sometimes also to see each other's viewpoints, you know, from different perspectives and coming to a common ground, it has to be embedded on like a communication and things like that. So is there kind of like anything you want to like put out there? I don't know, anything random for whoever? Family, fans. Fans. <laughs> I wish I had fans. If I had fans, I'd be so happy. Hey, you sing, right? So I do, but like... <laughs> do you have like any projects out there or like songs out there? I have people that have asked to collaborate with me. I, I procrastinate a lot. Gotcha. So I actually have a friend. He does um, sound synthesis. And he gave me like this amazing, beautiful, beautiful track. And I'm supposed to sing over it. And I just, mm. I need to do it. He's always saying like, can't love it that much because you still haven't given me the words. I'm like, Stop. <laughs> Hey, if you're, if you're going to do anything in that regard, like the campus environment is like the best place to experiment with stuff like that. Definitely. So. Yeah, anything I can do to help. Uh, Absolutely. If, if you want to tow that route. Uh, it's like I, I was a field producer back in my day, like field producer. <laughs> but yeah, that's just uh, by the way. So, but hey, we're podcasting now, so I guess. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing the thing. I guess so. I guess so. Even though we just have a couple of downloads per episode, but hey, it's still growing. Well, y'all download the episode. Yeah, I have a, I have a good sense that we'll probably get a couple more downloads with this one. So, <laughs> hopefully when we call on you next time, uh, you'll be gracious enough to, to come by. Uh, I will definitely come back. Yeah, we can talk about a bunch of stuff. And um, Yeah, thank you guys for listening to Culture Class Podcast. Um, if you want to connect with our guests, please send us an email. And if she um, permits, we'll uh, connect you with her. Okay, cool. If I don't like you, I'll just block you. Okay, like, cool. So maybe you want to drop like your social media if if you feel if you want to do that or something. <laughs> um, my Instagram is Nap Troll Disaster N A P T U R A L. 
Please don't tell me that's what I think it is. <laughs> natural? Yes. Tell me that that's not what I think it is. Like natural, but like you got the naps. Like gotcha. <laughs> so natural disaster 777. My Facebook is just my name, mm-hmm. Police Potter. And then my um, my Snapchat is KS Peaceful. I made it when I was 12, so you don't get to judge me. KS Peaceful. Because mm-hmm, my initials are KSP. What, uh, what's the S? Samaya. Khalif Samaya Potter. Wow, that's a nice name. I love it. Samaya. <laughs> Interesting. KSPeaceful. I don't know the others, to be honest. So <laughs> gotcha. you'll have to look. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all you need. Snap, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all I'm ever on. So, and yeah. I just got an Instagram. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And catch us next week. Uh, tweet at us. Send us a Facebook message. Email us. All that good stuff. It's been the Cultural Pass Podcast. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Bye, y'all.